Good morning. Quite a, quite a, quite an entry, eh? Um, if you think how, when uh, Kathleen started talking, I said, oh no, I forgot to send Kathleen an email of what I'm preaching on. She's going to rob it. And then the first song came up and I said, oh, flip it. Andy's on the same side as her. Okay, so it's, it's just wonderful to see how it, um, are you guys okay with that sound? Have we got the first one up there? Right, so today's discussion is to focus as a congregation and continue us on the same page, aligning us to be one in heart and one in spirit. What's happened the, the week so far is exactly to try and break down that, to destroy that. Okay. Uh, today's presentation was, um, I was going to have a hand, milk, a hand mic, I was going to walk around. I wanted it to be quite interactive and get some testimonies and some sharing from individuals. I'm still going to hope for that, but um, they're trying to see if they can get the handheld mic to work again. Um, if it doesn't, then it's going to be a bit more slow. Bear with us. We're going to have to get people up here and use this mic. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, all right. So... So Ray, Ray was, come up Ray, Ray was, um, uh, how long ago Ray? About two, two to three days? Yeah, yeah. Two, three days, oh. no, two, three oh, weeks. Weeks ago. Well, yeah. with the men. Ray had a talk with the men and, 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 I'll, and I just want him to give us some feedback on what happened there. Uh, what I'm focusing on, what I want you to see today is the fruit of righteousness. Anytime you wonder, where's this guy going? Just think, the fruit of righteousness. What does it look like? What did we see last week in the baptismal pool when Errol said, God is stirring the water? What happened? What played out there? Fruit of righteousness. Just hear what, what Ray wants to share. So I'm going to share in four minutes is what I took half an hour to share. So it's going to be a challenge. So I've written down what I want to say. So, so I'll make sure I don't waffle too much. This morning's worship actually was spot on to what I want to share. So God's at move, yes. at work. Yes. And that's amazing. Um, what is the show? And I believe as that curtain is pulled back, the show is the bride of Christ. Yeah. It's the church. Yeah. It's you and me. That's what God wants to display to the world and show his glory. Um, I've got a few points. Firstly, why do I say that? Firstly, because I know as a church we are, as a people of God, God's chosen, glorious people. And as we meet, commit to one another, commit to God, what happens? We knew it saw it this morning. God's glory comes. And it manifests in a unique way beyond what we have in our own personal devotion often. For me, all the time. I come in here and I meet God and His sense His glory. And then surprise me, because let me rem remind you quickly of the story on Mount Sinai, where God came down. Why, why did he come down? Because the people of Israel, who are um, moving through the wilderness, people of Israel, they committed to God and to one another. And God's glory comes down. So as this morning, if we commit to each other and, want, and, and to God, God's glory will come down. Secondly, God wants us to be a city on a hill. 
the show can't be seen if we're stuck hidden a city that's on right. a hill. And yeah. that's salt and it's light. Mm -hmm. We are basically church. We are a city within Cape Town. We are a city within a city. And what we're offering, that city within a city, can we turn that alarm off I'm sure? Forget the alarms. City within a city, we are, we are showing an alternative culture, an alternative lifestyle. We are light and salt to the city, and goodness knows it needs it. Yeah. Thirdly, God says, reminds us, we are to be, to live and settle. In Jeremiah, God spoke prophetically to the people of Israel who were in exile and said, I want you to settle and prosper in your captivity. God wants us to settle and prosper in Cape Town. Now, Christians do two things. They either say, well, this is not my home. I'm going to isolate. I'm not going to get involved. Or they go the way. Yeah, but we're supposed to be here. And then they take on the values of the community. God wants us to live, prosper, but take on kingdom values, not to compromise with earthly values. Um, and then finally, the thing I was saying at the end was, there's a difference between an institution and a movement. So what are we as church? Are we an institution or a movement? And if you talk to people who talk about organizational structures, they say an organization is somewhere on the spectrum between this end, let's say of this end is an institution, over that end is a movement. An institution exists for its members, that's what it's for. It could be a golf club. All, it's, all it cares about is members. A movement over that end is about a cause, a, a passion that people have gathered together for. You know, it's not about members, it's about a movement, it's about a call, it's a calling. And you can think of, I can think of movements, I can think of, I've written down a couple here, women's suffrage movement where 120 years ago, women couldn't vote. And they went on a, on a movement to change that, yeah. and a cause, and it was changed. I can think of another movement, I don't want to get too political, it's called the ANC. <laughs> they were established as a movement because of the suppression, because of uh, apartheid, they were, and they were successful. They, they gathered, they weren't cared about themselves, all they cared about was a movement together and then it's become a bit institutionalized and I won't go down that road I wanted to say a couple of things where are we as a church well I hope and pray we're more over on that end as a movement rather than an institution I've been in churches that have been a movement that turned into institution and got stuck I um, all Christian movements begin with the move of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is to be in control of the movement and drive the movement. Then we bring in structure to support that movement. Look at the early church. Holy Spirit poured out, remember? Holy Spirit poured out, then there was chaos, then the, the leaders said, let's gather some deacons, because it's chaos here, it's madness. We aren't looking after the widows and orphans. But did they stop there? No. Then the Holy Spirit poured out again. And there's more chaos. And there was more structures put in place. So when I think of 
institution to movement. For me, it runs like this. The Holy Spirit is poured out. There's a move of God. There's chaos. And then structures put in place. And then God's Spirit poured out again. Don't be in that place where you're settling for that first move of God and get institutionalized and not moving. Because that show that will be revealed is to be a, a, a people of God who have committed themselves to one another, understood who they are. They've lived and committed themselves and love the city. God wants us to call us to love Cape Town and be committed to it. Don't get overwhelmed and, and absorbed by the taking our values. And then we become that city on a hill that this city so desperately needs, this nation so desperately needs. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So would it be fair for me to say that the more we institutionalize something, the less of the fruit of righteousness we see. Because we can't cope and because leadership wants control, they bring in rules and regulations. And as Ray says, slowly but surely, the institution grows and the, and the move of God is suppressed and kept down. All right. Let me see if I can... This, this is only getting better. I was going to have a whole interaction and whatever. Do I, do we, we go with what we've got. Okay, how's that? Is that much better? Great stuff. Okay, so let's see if I can get to the next page. Can you move it to the next page, please? Can I go... Just be patient. Just be patient. It'll come. It'll come. It'll come. Right. Okay. Sure. Let's keep the focus. Let's. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be good. There's pushback, guys. That's all it is. It's pushback. So let's not lose focus. Let's just hear what God is saying, speaking to us. Um, what, what plays out here today happened when Andy started choosing his songs. That's when this started, and I'm, I'm excited by it. So, so here we go. So I want to read you two scriptures. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves. You want to talk about chaos in the church? Have you ever been to an a, 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 a oxen auction? It's chaos, and there's poo all over the place, and, and people are herding and shouting and bickering and whatever. And the money changers were doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. The institution. Now, now, when this happened, one would think, okay, so these are just a few merchants trying to take a chance. They just saw a gap here, jumped in, and quickly tried to make a quick buck. But the institution 
would rather say that this was an ongoing thing. This, this was not, a lot of people there that day would have said, so what's his big deal? You know, it's, it's, it's been like this for ages. So Jesus says, no, this is my father's house. Then if we go to Matthew 21, verse 12, then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written. It's a slight change here. Did you know that these are two separate incidents? Jesus did not clean the temple out once. The first time was during the Passover. The second time was when he triumphantly entered Jerusalem on a donkey with the branches laid out for him. So that poses quite a few questions. One of the questions I want to ask is the first time he says, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. All right? So, so he's just telling them, get away, clear out. The second time he says, and ask yourself the question, why was there a second time? Ray, why would the institution, once you've cleared it out, creep and find its way back into the church? This is exactly what was happening here. So Jesus had to do it a second time. But this time, listen to how the, the narrative changes. He says, it is written. Where, do you, where did we hear that the first time? When he came out of the 40-day fast, and he was confronted by Satan himself. And he said, three times he said, it is written. Jesus has, has changed his narrative. He's now dealing with the enemy up front. He's not just talking to a few merchants to get their stuff out and clear God's uh, temple. He's actually saying to them, he's confronting the evil that is steadily progressing and trying to find, to institutionalize itself in our midst. What we saw here last Saturday when we were in the pool was, uh, Sunday was, was awesome. Felt like Saturday. It was awesome. And um, Siska, come here. Siska, here. It's okay. I'll, I'll use this mic. I just want to ask Siska. Um, Siska, why I, I want to go here is I want to show you what the fruit of righteousness looked like, what, what played out here. Come stand here by me, Sissy. What played out last Sunday. Many years ago, three, four, five, six years, eight years, oh my word, eight years ago, Siska came to our house. We, Jeanette and I, were part of a pastoral team that, that uh, Anton and Ilana assigned to various of the staff members, and, and we spent time with them. So Siska came to our house, and Jeanette and I sat, and we prayed with her, encouraged her, found out, grew relationally with her, and during that time, quite a few times, Siska's family. Remember, Kathleen, what you said about family last week? The, this is the manifestation of that. So Siska stood in her belief. Today, Siska is married to Chris. Those days, it was just a prayer request, right? It was something that was heavy on her heart. Today, she's married. On Sunday... I want to ask her, how did you feel when you saw Samantha, who she prayed for, like only a mother can? 
morning, everybody. Um, I can just say that God is a God of miracles in my life. I speak for myself, and I just want to say thank you, Father, for everything that you've done for me and for my family. Um, getting married was one of the biggest um, dreams I've ever had. Yeah, and God, that is what God did for me. And, and when I saw Sam in the water, it was like the, it was like the heavens opened for me and God pouring out more of his love for me and me saying, that is my daughter, my beloved. Thank you, God. In you, I put my trust. And that is that. Thank you. Thank you. That's what the fruit of righteousness looks like. And this is what institution and what Jesus was standing up against. He, all of this was taking away from the fruit of righteousness. Is Usha here? Ah, oh, come quickly. Um, he's just been appointed as one of the, the, the trustees of, of Sozo. And uh, yesterday was his first um, visit to the year-end graduation and I just and I saw some fruit of righteousness there just just give us a, a one-liner what did you experience there what did what did you see <laughs> if if I if I had a voice like this I would also carry on talking <laughs> um, it's difficult <laughs> one-liner um, when you asked me to do this, the, something came to mind. And that verse was um, Matthew three, 5, verse 16. It's actually a continuation of what um, my prayer partner Ray shared. And that's um, that let your light so shine you know, before men, before people, that they will see your good works and glorify God in heaven. And works here is um, kind of like when James talks about works also a practical application of your faith in everyday life. And I saw it yesterday playing out. God works in mysterious ways. And I say mysterious ways where we are thinking, oh, a miracle, somebody with a broken leg. But um, there's light in Frechrand. And um, God is working. And it's like the word we saw the other day, I mean, we got from Ray again, that even in the darkness, God is working. So we saw, I saw so many, it's just great, you know, people, the little things God is doing in their lives. And we, for me, if you're like me, um, church tradition has, you know, kind of built that expectation that, you know, until a person says, oh, Jesus, here I am, and nothing has happened. But the story is not over. These ones are going to continue multiplying that goodness, the, the faith in practice, which yeah. they've experienced. Yeah. The word of God is the word of God, is the power of God unto salvation. They're not going to be the same. Frechron is not going to be the same. God is working. Did you, did you feel the energy in the room with those youngsters? Definitely. I mean, they were celebrated, and this, you couldn't keep them quiet. <laughs> you couldn't. And uh, in my heart, I was saying, um, how many times have these ones been celebrated, if at all? Uh, exactly. You know? Um, and yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. And not yeah. just celebrated, but the Spirit of God endorsing something yes. in their lives. Yeah. That will never go away. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. So Jesus cleans out the temple twice. Thank you. 
Jesus cleans up the temple twice. Now I want to read from this scripture. Therefore, that's a 1 Peter 2. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the poor, pure milk of the word, that you may grow. We heard this before, we heard this this morning. That we may grow. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. I want you just to look at the, the five things that, that Peter identifies when he writes to the Christians in Asia. He talks about malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil. If I had to choose, um, Warren, if I had to choose, I would choose hypocrisy. Uh, I think hypocrisy in this scripture is the hub. And all the others are, are joined to the hub. Because envy comes, uh, hypocrisy is when I claim to be something that I'm not. I say I'm something that I'm not. And so therefore, it's deceitful. There's deceit. I'm, I'm, I could be lying. And when I pop myself up, and I'm telling you how great I am, and how wonderful I am, it is the root of envy. That's where envy steps into it. And then tragically, finally, evil speaking. What do we declare? What do we have to break with? So this is an example of a temple, like the temple that Jesus cleared out, but this one is built with living stones. It is a holy priesthood that he's talking about. And this is where me and you have to continuously, more than once, keep on clearing it out. What is, what is going to take away from the fruit of righteousness? What's the first stepping stone of, of an institution, of Jesus having, having to say, it is written, so far and no further. We've said that this morning. We've had it, guys. What do we have to do in this temple of living stones? What is it that we must lay aside? Lay aside means to, to unconnect, to disconnect yourself from it. To let go of it. It's up to each one of us to continuously clear out this house. Sorry, I'm just going to make sure that I've got my notes here. So what's the very next thing that happens after Jesus has cleaned out the house? What's the very next thing he does? He goes to, I think it's Bethany, where, where he lodged, and the next morning they, they back in. So he's, he's just cleaned this temple for the second time. And then he walks and he sees this fig tree. There's a connection here that, that I don't want us to miss this morning. He walks up 
and he sees a fig tree. I want to read from Matthew Henry's commentary on the fig tree. It's just a, a paragraph. When Christ returned to Jerusalem in the morning, he was hungry, and it afforded him the opportunity and occasion to work his miracle and therein give us an instance of his justice and his power. We sang about justice and power this morning. I'm, I'm heading up to how does this power affect us. In justice, he approached the tree expecting fruit because it had leaves. That was the only thing he saw. I'm, I'm, I'm focusing, I'm drawing our attention to the hypocrisy. To, to when we say one thing and we do another. When we do one thing and we say something else. So he, 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 he focuses on the hypocrisy of this tree that has leaves but it hasn't got fruit. But finding none, he sentences it to perpetual barrenness. All Christ's miracles to this point were wrought for the good of men and proved the power of his grace and blessing. Now, at last, he would give a specimen of the power of his wrath and curse, yet not on any man, woman, or child, but on an inanimate tree that is set forth for an example. So he walks up to this tree and he curses it. Wow. He, he sticks to, to, to the principle of not cursing a person. Because God, Jesus died for all men. Okay. The cursing of the barren tree represents the state of hypocrites in general. And so teaches us one that the fruit of fig tree may, be, may justly be expected from those that have the leaves. Christ looks for the power of religion from those that make profession of it. Profession of this is the people that say they're Christians. God, Jesus, looks for the power of religion. Two, Christ's just expectation from flourishing professors, people that say something, are often frustrated and disappointed. Many have a name to live and, on, and are not alive indeed in what we do. The sin of barrenness is justly punished with a curse and plague of barrenness. He quotes, let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. That's pretty severe. As one of the chief blessings, and which was the first, be fruitful, remember? Adam and Eve in the garden. The first blessing he ever said is, go and be fruitful. So one of the saddest curses is, be no more fruitful. Christ is demonstrating something to his disciples here after he cleaned out the temple. A false and hypocritical profession commonly with us in this world. The fig tree that had no fruit soon lost its leaves. Hypocrites may look plausible for a time, but their profession will soon come to nothing. The gifts wither, common graces decay, and the falseness and folly of the pretender are manifest to all men. I'm still continuing with, he cleaned the temple, he walks up to the fig tree, he curses it, 
What's the reaction of his disciples? Wow! Isn't that amazing? You know, that's a trick we have not seen before. They don't quite get it. Let's, let's read Matthew 21. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, we sang that, we confessed that over and over this morning. If we have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. What was Andy's first song? That mountain moving. We're in the excavation business. So we need to move mountains. How, how did Jesus get from cleaning out the temple, cursing the fig tree, and now he is telling them he's, he's building towards moving mountains? There are a few mountains out there that, that, that Kathleen identified this morning that we have to address if we don't doubt and we have faith. We have to stand up to this, but we have to make sure the house is in order the house is clean and the subtleties of 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 hypocrisy of envy of just whispering something to your neighbor you see that that's evil speaking okay and that is up to every one of us to maintain the order of the house and jesus says to them not only will you do what you what we did to the fig tree that I get the feeling Jesus says that's not such a big deal. The big deal is, do you want to move mountains? Do you want to move mountains? That's where Jesus was taking this discussion. And all of that as a result of cleaning that the, the... Sorry, don't worry, don't worry, it's an old one. Now, there's a mountain. Who spoke about voting this morning? It wasn't you. Okay, no, it wasn't you. Somebody spoke about voting and ANC. Oh, it was, it was Ray. Oh, okay. So what is that? I just want to give you a perspective. I'm not, I'm not going to ask you what party you voted for. I'm not going to ask you to change that vote to somebody else. I'm not, it's nothing to do with that. I want to give you a perspective. What you see there is a pie chart of 39 million eligible voters in South Africa. Okay? If you look at the first 33%, it is all those that didn't register. So if you look, if you compare it to the, the, the colorful side, that's where uh, the green one is the, is the um, thank you, is the ANC, then the DA, then the other parties, about 38 in total of other parties, and then the EFF. Listen to how the, the media fear mongers about what the EFF is going to do and not do and cause to do and whatever. And look at who they are. Look at the percentage of what and who they are. That's, that's the job of the media. Don't, don't get suckered into that. Don't get suckered into this COVID thing again. Come on. So that is the perspective of this mountain, the governance mountain that I want to leave with you. So 33% didn't bother. They didn't register. 
of and then 36%. Now we're at, we at 70% of people. The other uh, did not pitch up. It was raining. Okay. So they, they didn't pitch up. So, so here's what I want, to, I want to explain to you how the media gets around us. If you look at uh, the ANC, and, we, and, and, and I'm not pitching against or for the ANC. All I'm saying is listen to what the media is putting out there. That they, are, they just, just, just got pushed back under the control of the country. 13.8%. 13.8%. Let that sink in, guys. Voted for the ANC. All the activity that the media was pumping out is in the sector from 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock. All the activity. The millions and millions and millions of rands that went into canvassing, supporting, whatever, was focused on that, and that's where the media lives. Okay? Is that clear? I'm not for or against. I'm just wanting to give you an example that the DA had 2.7 million votes and the EFF at, at 1, 1.3 million votes of the 38 parties. Can we go to the next one? Now I want to ask you, this coming Sunday, this coming Sunday, uh, Sheldon has invited the Company of Prophets to come and be with us. And Henry... He's, he's going to minister next Sunday. I can't wait for this. Okay? What are they saying? And what I've got up there is my little synopsis of, of my little, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Bring it together, summarize, my, my summary of, of, of an, an hour-long Zoom meeting. Okay? So bear with me. I, I just highlighted a few I haven't got it in front of me, or do I have it in front of me? Yep. So this is what Janet, Dr. Irma, and Henry and Sheldon has been saying. Just forget about the pie chart for a moment. I, I want you to put on your spiritual cap now. That was just a mountain. That is just a horrible mountain sitting there that's affecting each one of us. And tonight you're going to feel the brunt of that most likely again. Okay. So what, what are the prophets saying? The prophets saying the ecclesia is increasingly starting to make decisions on policy. Actually, I dropped out a word there. The word that uh, uh, Janet used was war. The ecclesia is increasingly starting to make decisions on policy and war. Warren, would you just come up quickly while, while I continue. The strength of our relationships will carry the ecclesia. We, we have heard from, from, from Sheldon that when we went to, to come up here, when we went to visit Martin, that it was a prophetic word of these, these links coming together. And there was a word saying that the local tribes, as in, the, in Zechariah when the tribes of the north and the tribes of the south had to come, so the tribes, the local tribes are starting to come together. The strength of our relationship will carry the ecclesia. 
the influence of the ecclesia will grow in governmental spheres. Hello? That's the pie chart. Because in the beginning when he says the decisions to, of policy and war in the governance of the city, that's a, a Christian spiritual governance. But now they are talking about the state governmental spheres. I want to ask Warren, um, I, I, when we had our last connection evening and uh, we, uh, we, the leadership prayed over various people, and I know I prayed over Cynthia and Pat, and, and God just gave me a word that, that I <laughs> sort of shared out amongst a few people. So when they asked me, what did you say? I had no clue because I didn't know what I said to who. But, but be that as it may. But in that discussion, Warren, I saw the warrior and I saw the breastplate. You know, not, not this warrior that's crumpled up and sitting, waiting for his skew in the, in, the, in, the, in the food chain. But a warrior that is standing up with his breastplate and his shield and his sword, his helmet, his loins. When we spoke about hypocrisy, it's about a falseness. And the first thing in Ephesians 6 that is addressed with a warrior is gird your loins with the truth. It undoes all this hypocrisy and the falseness that is it. But when I prayed over you, I, the English rugby players talk about something must awaken the mongrel in you. How did, how did you, what did you experience there? I, I think it's an intolerance with, with false narratives and people being deceived and lied to. I think that's, that's enough to... That, that makes you, I guess, righteously angry because people, good people, are being lied to and they're being told, they've been taken down roads and being hurt. And I think, I think it's time for people, for, for us, we talk about this truth all the time. It's, it's time for people, Kathleen was talking about, take those blinkers off, see truth and be, be awake now. And that, that, when, you, when you see people lying and hurting, it makes you righteously angry. And to stand up for what is true and speak and, and ask God, what is he leading you? How is he leading you? How do, how, how do we go forward? But I think it, it comes down to, it comes down to um, God, what are you saying? Give me the strategy to go forward. But it, 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 the, 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 seeing the truth and seeing lies brings the righteous anger in you to, to run forward. Yeah. Thank you, Warren. Appreciate. So, so what I see is when the warrior starts rising up, they come into step. They come into a line. Um, when I shared with, with Kathleen that I was supposed to, to anchor the meeting this morning, forgetting that I'm actually leading the service, she said, don't worry, I've got your back. And that's, that speaks of, of that warrior that lines up next to you in a relationship. You don't have to watch behind you. There's somebody watching your behind. And there's somebody that's caring for you. And as we come into alignment and we start taking up our position, our rightful position, as we continuously clearing out any resembles, resemblance of hypocrisy, envy, evil talking, and malice, that, that is on us. That is on us. What the... What the uh, prophets are also saying and this is Dr. Ermas he said the youth of the nation arising being spirit-led can, can can we just go back to the to the pie chart quickly if you don't mind 
Now, now Anton is not here, uh, but you remember, you remember um, there was a time when we spoke about uh, the, 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 the unemployed in Freigrond, but in, in our nation. And what percentage of that is, um, is uh, uh, youth? Can you Something tells me it was as high as 60 plus percent. Okay? So if you, can you have the pie chart? If you if you look at the at this the this the sixty nine percent the two yellows the ones that didn't vote that didn't register and the ones that didn't pitch would it be fair Ilana if I say that over sixty percent of that is youth I, I cannot prove that statistically so when the prophets that are visiting us this coming weekend says the youth of the nation arising, being spirit-led. It's going to break away from that. That's not going to be their focus. When Jesus, when God speaks to us, and he says, go ye into all of the world. He didn't say, just focus on the guys in the color slot. Because they're the active ones. God's message always has been to the lost, to those that are disconnected to those that do not belong and he said to them uh, so his message always was go and find them I believe I believe as the prophets and these prophets that I'm referring to are not prophets that Sheldon googled or, or found in a strange country this is a per people that he's been growing with relationally he has spent time with them they are being held to account there are too many loose cannon voices out there that just spew forth and, and, and do whatever they do. So when I say this is what the prophets are saying, this is somebody that we, this is a group of people that we have a relationship with, that we can hold to account. And that the youth there is waiting to be reached. In your prayer groups, if you line yourself up with what the prophets are saying about us, the bay, and about our nation, I, I challenge you, start lining up your prayers in your prayer groups, in your prayer watches, with praying for the youth, praying into the youth. Why, why do I say, so, so if they're not going to vote for one of the other parties, who are they going to vote for? Here's the one. I think it was last year, the Constitutional Court declared made a ruling that independent candidates must be accommodated in the next 2024 election. Not the municipal election, the national election. So for the first time, somebody can stand and be, and be allowed into parliament. That, that law, so the constitutional court has already instructed it, it will now, like it happened for the municipal uh, um, the election, so it will now happen for the national, for, for parliament uh, election. And um, maybe you don't know this, but the law that they are proposing, changing, will have this. So I want you to think of a Christian leader that you would gladly would love don't call it out i don't want to have names but a person that you could think could be in parliament to stand 
for what our values. They might not belong to our church. They might not, whatever. But that, that has our values in it. Can you think of one or two? I can. There's one or two very, very powerful, strong leader, leaders that have come through that are born again, spiritful Christians that are waiting in the wings for this law to change. Here is the kicker. And I hope I've got my, my, my numbers right. If, if uh, uh, Robin decides he wants to stand and Robin gets 51,000 votes, then 1,000 votes, he needs 50,000 votes to, be, uh, act, to, get, to gain access into parliament. That 1,000 that he got extra, he can now go and say, okay, Les, I hear... I see it. You, you adhere to our values. You, you, more, you speak our language. You are a believer. You are spiritual. Whatever. Then you can cede your leftover to another party. And, I must, and this is where I'm going to stop. If Tudi Mononcella tomorrow says, and she gets 500,000 votes. It's out there. It's waiting to be taken. And she seeds. Can you see 10, 20 independent people with values not like that, that can stand in parliament? Can you see this mountain being moved? Can you see this mountain being shifted? It's, it, it, is, it is there for the, for the taking. And it's up to us to just listen and align ourselves with what God is saying. Come next week. And hear what Janet, Dr. Irma, and Henry is going to say. What is the next thing? I'm, 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 I'm wrapping. What is, the, what is the thing that Jesus did the minute he, he um, cleaned the temple and he spoke? To, uh, the minute after the temple, sorry. Before he even addressed the... Uh, I haven't got my Bible with me now, but I think it's even in between the fig tree and the second cleaning of the temple. What happened? What did Jesus do? And I want us to do it here now, in the last few minutes. Once the temple was cleaned, once the authority and power issues were dealt with, the sick, the blind, and the lame came to him and asked for prayer. They came to him and asked for prayer. Do, do, you, do you understand what plays out when we clean our house, when we keep our temple, we build living stones, when we together like that. Can we understand that? Robin, just come quickly. Um, this this, this uh, one liner, okay? Yeah. Robin is my prayer partner, and with Rod, and with Cecil, and with um, Greg. Is Greg here? So, we, we were just praying on Wednesday, and praying for this, for this event. Just, just quickly say it. We're running out of time. Sure. Okay. <laughs> then I'm going to do this in one sentence. But anyway, um, as we were praying, uh, I got a kind of a picture. Rod got a picture, and so did Cecil. And my picture was, was desert. Uh, children of Israel having crossed the, 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 the Red Sea on, on the other side. And behind me were the, the Egyptians that had been destroyed. So the first thing that came was that Satan has been defeated. 
Do we understand that? Because unless we believe that and work it and behave, we, it's not going to happen. So we have to constantly be aware and know that Satan has been defeated. Otherwise, why did Jesus say, what did he say on the cross? It is finished. Secondly, Rod, <laughs> now remember this is desert and victory and Satan's being blixomed, okay? So now we've, <laughs> we've got Rod coming up and he says, I see this huge dam and it's full and it's overflowing. But as anybody, <laughs> I laughed because he's, he saw the water bubbling. The dam is full. It's bubbling. There's breakthrough. Okay? There's breakthrough. And what happened last Sunday, I believe, was the beginning of breakthrough. We're on a journey, folks. We don't want to rely on the company of prophets to come and da-da-da-da. It's the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's going to give us breakthrough. <laughs> then thirdly, and this is the weird one. Cecil looking out at sea, which he, I think he often does, the horizon and the sea meeting, and fish jumping up and down. Okay? I don't know how that, how that was going to fit, except this morning we sang the Lord's Prayer. And what does that say? As it is in heaven on earth. And that's where heaven and earth meet and that's the picture Cecil saw guys we're in for a party okay I could say a lot more thank you Robin thank you Robin